Welcome to the Keos Podcast, a series dedicated to bringing you the best claims and legal insight. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first in a series of six um, podcasts that Keos um, Brain Injury Special Interest Group are putting on for your listening pleasure. Um, Today's topic is red flags to look out for um, to establish if you're dealing with a traumatic brain injury or TBI claim. Um, in conversation today is Alex Puddy, who is a partner in Keo's Bolton office, and myself, Libby Ferry, who is also a partner in Keo's Bolton office, so both northerners. So, hi, Alex, how are you today? I'm good, thank you, Libby. How are you? You're not so bad, thank you. Um, this is our first podcast for me and Alex, so bear with. We are uh, doing it for the first time, so I hope you, hope you like it. So, just to kick things off in terms of red flags, um, I think the First thing I look for, Alex, don't know whether you're the same, when I've got sort of a letter of claim in front of me or a claim presented in some way, is the type of accident. Uh, the vulnerable road users, pedestrians, cyclists, motorcyclists, they're always ones that are quite likely to end in something banging their head and a, and a head injury, um, particularly with cyclists and motorcyclists. I'm looking at helmet issues, whether they're wearing one, whether they're not. What do you think? Do you look at that sort of thing as well? Yeah, I agree with you there, Libby. Um, those are the uh, ones for sort of road traffic collisions. If you're dealing with um, ELP accidents, I'd be looking at things like fall from height, any items falling on somebody's head, whether they've got a damaged hard hat or whether they weren't wearing a hard hat, for example, if they're on a building site or generally any blunt force or tr trauma. Um, the only other thing I'd raise in terms of both um, road traffic accidents and ELPL claims is that you'd be looking at rotational forces. So if there's been any sort of movement in terms of the head. So maybe, for example, um, they may have banged their head on the A-pillar of the vehicle or something of that nature. Yeah, um, that, those are sort of red flags to me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. I think uh, rotational force is a really good call, actually, because they get missed a bit, don't they? Because it's not an obvious, necessarily an obvious bang to the head. But there's definitely a lot of evidence that rotational forces can cause micro bleeds, etc., which lead to a traumatic brain injury. So, yeah, no, definitely a good one to think about. And then what do you look for next? Um, well, I would look for references for head injury. Now, that can be... Um, in any sort of document, maybe in the letter of claim, or if you've got medical records, they're always a good source. Um, or even just things in conversation that you may pick up from the claimant solicitor or even you're insured. And the sort of things you'd be looking out for is skull fractures, orbital fractures, spatial fractures, anywhere around the eye or the yeah. nose area, sort of forehead area, and things like seizures. Um, maybe, you know, they've lost consciousness at the scene, they've had a seizure or something like that. Yeah, Those no, would be the things I'd look for. I also think it's quite important to look out for any sort of suggestion. There's a, a change in taste or smell or headaches yeah. because they can always be caused by a traumatic brain injury. Um, and so you need to be looking for those. The one I've seen loads recently is strokes in the immediate aftermath mm. or in the coming weeks after an incident. Um, there will be a big causation argument potentially on that, but often it can be from a brain injury that's caused the stroke, can't it, and a bang to the head. So it's something that you see quite often these days, and uh, in my caseload anyway. Um, also, 
talking back to your rotational forces, any reference to diffuse axonal injury or DAI is quite often abbreviated to, um, that should give you a warning that you could be looking at some sort of brain injury or at least that the claimants are taking it down the route of potentially a brain injury. Um, the other one I think we see is post-concussional syndrome mentioned. Yeah quite a lot there's a lot of arguments about post-concussional syndrome and how it's mediated and whether it's brain injury or psychiatrically mediated but if a GP has concluded that that's what the claimant's got for example in your records or it's mentioned in the letter of claim I'd definitely be thinking this might be a brain injury. Yeah I agree with you there I agree with you there um sort of just Drilling down on a couple of the things that we've already mentioned, I mentioned earlier loss of consciousness, um, sort of flags to actually find a loss of consciousness, yeah. so to speak. You might you might be looking at um, Glasgow Coma Scale, the GCS. Um, it, ordinarily, it's 15 out of 15. If it's anything less than that, that again signals a TBI or if there's even confusion at the scene. Um, yeah. you know, they don't necessarily have to lose consciousness. And that yeah, you one, yeah. I think that's really important, that confusion one. And the it, the best sort of source of information on that is sometimes you're insured, isn't it? If they yeah. were witness to it or the other driver or if it was at work, you know, manager witness. Sometimes they can give evidence, can't they, about how the person was in the immediate aftermath. And if they weren't obviously unconscious, they can still be confused. So I think that's a really important one to look out for. I agree. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely um, the the one to look out for that. Um, and if you are in doubt whether they've got a brain injury, check with your insured how they did present after this at the yeah. scene is, is also a good um, telling sign, isn't it? Um, but you have to be careful of a couple of things, whether they were administered pain relief at the scene. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously morphine, ketamine that is standardly given by the... Um, ambulance and paramedics that can obviously cause com some confusion and make people appear to have lost consciousness etc but they actually haven't yeah no absolutely and that also leads into post-traumatic amnesia and retrograde amnesia doesn't it because that's the other thing to look out for as long as in in line with your sort of um gcs and whether they've lost consciousness the amnesia particularly post-traumatic amnesia is a really important sign that there might have been a traumatic brain injury uh it should be referenced Potentially, it definitely should be referenced in the records, um, but that isn't always, but it should be if it's mentioned in the letter of claim again or any suggestion that there is that issue, that they can't remember what happened, then it's something to be concerned about. But going back to your point about the medication, often with those high level painkillers, it causes a similar thing. You can't remember what happened. Yeah, exactly. Aftermath. So you need to make sure you've tracked that um, just for the sake of your experts moving forward and things like that. But yeah, no. Um, Having the other thing, go on. Sorry, sorry. The other thing that I would have um, look at as well, and quite often the letter of claim may flag this, is whether they've had a stay in ICU, the intensive yeah. care unit, or the HDU, which is a high dependency unit, or any neurological unit yeah. for that matter, because sometimes they may not have been in ICU or HDU, but they may have been, you know, um, discharged from the hospital to a neurological yeah. unit um and, that's and a big again red those flag, are, isn't it, yeah, then? The, 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 the nhs have decided there's probably a neurological element to the injury and we need to be making sure that we've we've properly factored that in if considering we're dealing with a, a brain injury claim no i agree um going back to sort of what 
you might see from records as well, radiology is really important, isn't it? Because if there's a CT or an MRI scan or any or more advanced scanning, in fact, taken place, that's obviously another indication that somebody's thought that there needs to be a scan for a reason. And you need to get your hands on those really to establish um, mm. what what was said and what was seen at that on that scanning. Yeah, definitely CTs, MRIs of the brain, anything, yeah. Anything like uh, that. Of the brain, yeah, definitely, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, because as well, the NHS don't scan people unless they absolutely have to because it's expensive. So it, it, it's, a, it's a real flag that they think something serious is going on and they won't do it for no reason. So there's normally, in my experience, a suggestion of loss of consciousness isn't there before they'd even consider it or an absolutely definite bang to the head identified yeah. by the paramedics or whoever gave the first account of what happened so it, if that's happened even if ultimately the scan doesn't show anything which is a totally different topic which we can talk about endlessly can't we um, can. we can talk about that endlessly and debate that but even as nothing on the scan the fact that a scan took place means somebody thought there might be a brain injury normally the other thing I'd look for, um, and again, in the letter of claim, this may be something or even in conversation with the claimant solicitor, if they start talking about introducing experts and instructing experts, anything with a neuro in it, really, that's a red flag. So neurologists, neurosurgeons, neuroradiology, um, neuropsychology, neuropsychiatry and neurorehabilitation, all of those are massive red flags. Um, yeah, because so, absolutely the um, claimants in that letter of claim may be identifying which route they're going down in terms of experts. They don't always do. They're sometimes really yeah. unhelpful and they don't give us very much information at all. But if they're already talking about getting neuro of any kind evidence, they're already thinking there might be a brain injury element to this claim. So we need to be careful. Um, I also think, I mean, myself and uh, Alex, I'm sure, would love to name and shame the experts we'd be really concerned about, but we won't do for legal reasons. Um, but there are certain experts that are known for locating a brain injury um, with sometimes what we on the defendant side would think was limited evidence, wouldn't we? Um, so if any of those particular experts are named, then you need to be careful. If you need to know who they are, you can call us separately. We don't, can't put that on a podcast. Um, the other thing I always look at as well is needs that are identified. So yeah. whether that's in potentially in your INA, if you've had, got involved in any rehab or in your letter of claim yeah. again, or, you know, even, you know, it might be in an account provided by the insured at that stage. Needs that are identified can give you an indication as to what might be happening. So if a person is unable to manage activities of, day, of daily living and it's because of things that could be from a neuro perspective, so fatigue or cognitive ta issues or they can't manage to organise anymore so they need more help in the home, all of that gives me a, a concern that we're actually looking at a potential real traumatic brain injury. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, if any sort of disabilities like that are identified or even if there's reference to them not being able to manage their um, financial affairs or things yeah. of that nature, that's, that can highlight capacity and may, again, lead back to neurological um, TBI issues. Yeah, sometimes as well, the aids and equipment that are identified early on that they need um, can trigger 
uh, a suggestion that it might be because of brain injury, can't it? If uh, there's yeah. a lot of uh, tech people use now, don't they, for reminders and stuff, which is actually brilliant. Let's be frank, and we probably all I know I use it. <laughs> it's probably my a- aging status. I need tech to remind me to do stuff now. But if somebody's not managing their day and they're now sort of putting things on their m- mobile phone to remind them that they've got to either take the medication or they've got to get to certain meetings, then they never used to do it before. Is that because of a bash to the head or an injury to the brain that's caused them to have that lack of ability to do it so it's it's a plethora of information you might have that you need to sort of pick out the right bits from yeah exactly I totally agree although I have to say that I've always put things in my diary so maybe you know my memory's not particularly good uh you know but that's just my personal viewpoint no, on the use no of ju- no judgment here I'm a fan of a list I like a list I can't remember to do it if there's not a list so totally agree exactly 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 um I think that's sort of covered everything don't you think Libby or is there yeah. anything else you were thinking of no, the only other thing I thought might mention is there's certain firms of solicitors that badge themselves oh, yeah. as being brain injury specialists. Again, we're not going to name them here today, but, you know, if you're in the industry, you'll probably know who they are. So anything that comes from a certain firm who do specialise in that area, it's another red flag, isn't it? If it's coupled with a couple of the other things, probably on the things we've talked about today, I think you need to just be careful who your opponent is. And maybe research who the actual lawyer is who's on the other side to see if they have a particular brain injury specialism, because it might indicate that it's in the brain injury team at their end and possibly should be in the brain injury team at this end. Yeah, that's a great uh, thought, that one, um, Libby. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah. And I think that's probably our top tips for red flags. Um, if you'd like to get in touch on any of the points we've discussed today, you can email either Alex or me. Um, our details are in the episode description, apparently, on whatever platform you're using. Don't ask me what platform you're using, because that's way above my IT knowledge. Um, and this, as I said, is a series. So uh, in a in a you know, Blue Peter Styley, make sure you tune in next time because uh, Miles Govan and myself will be discussing initial investigations in uh, TBI claims. So thanks very much, Alex. All right. Thanks very much. I look forward to hearing next week's Levy.